0: Hello, fellow kids. And welcome to Hello, Fellow Kids, the podcast where me, Josh, and her, Mara, talk about young adult literature. This month, for episode eight, we read Schooled by Gordon Corman.
1: Okay, so we're supposed to write a synopsis. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't. So this is the the, uh, back copy. And I just want to go on record saying I hate doing this because it basically, I feel like this gives away way too much of the plot. So here we go. Okay, Capricorn, Cap Anderson, has never watched television, he's never tasted a pizza, never even heard of a wedgie, Since he was little, his only experience has been living on farm com. uh, on farm commune. Did they mean to do that? I could have written this better. (laughs) On a farm commune and being homeschooled by his hippie grandmother, Rain. But when Rain falls out of a tree while picking plums and has to stay in the hospital, Cap is forced to move in with a guidance counselor and her cranky teen daughter and attend the local middle school. While Cap knows a lot about tie dying and Zen Buddhism, no education could prepare him for the politics of public school. Right from the beginning, Cap's weirdness makes him a moving target at Claverage Middle School, dubbed Sea Average by the students. He has long, ungroomed hair, wears hemp clothes, and practices Tai Chi out on the lawn. Once Zack Powers, big man on campus, spots Cap, he can't wait to introduce him to the age-old tradition at Sea Average. The biggest nerd is nominated for class president and wins. Will Cap turn out to be the greatest president in the history of Sea Average, or the biggest punchline? You decide. <laughs> It doesn't say you decide, I just... They can't see me, like, point at the microphone, like, yeah!
0: Because it's not a visual medium. It's not a visual medium. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I kind of championed for this book, not because uh, I knew anything about it, but because I'd read a bunch of Gordon Corman when I was younger, and when I pulled this off the shelf and opened it to start reading for the podcast, I realized I have a signed copy.
1: No way. Yeah! For real? Yeah! Anyone could have done that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's just a mountain range with a dot at the end.
1: Yeah, come on.
0: <laughs> this is, I think, the shortest book we've read for the podcast, though.
1: Yeah. I page, page-wise, yeah, though.
0: I, so. I think Mrs. Frisbee is shorter, but that's a bit denser in the text. Oh yeah. Like this was, yes. like, I read this in two sittings, and I didn't even mean to.
1: Well, did you like it? I
0: thought it was fine.
1: That's how I felt. It was
0: okay. It might have been better if it hadn't been right off the back of the thing about Jellyfish. Oh, Which did contemporary middle school so strongly.
1: And also, this gave me, like, really strong Stargirl vibes. I haven't read Stargirl. Same thing, but with a girl. Okay. Except Cap's better at staying true to him. He does not change throughout the book really. Right. Like, well, he, he's more like, oh, well, you know, outside world's actually kind of cool, but he doesn't fundamentally change as a person. Whereas in Stargirl, she likes that idiotic boy who's all like, can you kind of be toned, toned down being so weird? And she's like, cool, and I'll quit going by Stargirl. I'll go by my birth name, Susan. And then she's miserable as a result that didn't happen here but still like just the level of weirdness and then the response by the other kids is just I was just thinking Stargirl like the whole time but they're pretty different
0: you had not posted on Goodreads that you'd finished by the time I rated it I rated it three stars that sounds fair okay so we're still (laughs) real boring and (laughs) samey
1: I don't know do we really want to differ that much I've seen us differ it's not
0: fun (laughs) okay she throws books and then blames it on ghosts
1: that had nothing to do with us differing that was just me being bored (laughs) 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 all right schooled by gordon corman chapter one our protagonist capricorn who was referred to from here on out as cap because i'm not calling this kid capricorn and also, every time I th- saw Cap, I thought he was pictured Captain America every time. <laughs> I did that a
0: couple times, too.
1: <laughs> he's just walking through the, the school with his shield. Oh, it's perfect because he's totally confused because he is literally out of time. Right. <laughs> okay, anyway. So, uh, Cap lives on a hippie commune with his grandma, Rain, who homeschools him. And uh, this com- commune used to be, like, bigger in the 60s and 70s, I guess, and maybe some 80s and probably nine. 90- I don't know where I'm going I mean... with this. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just name all the
0: years. <laughs> well,
1: because Cap, Cap could remember there being people around when he was a kid, like a smaller kid, but everybody's kind of, like, flaked off, like, gone yeah. away, and I... it's just rain holding on to this commune.
0: Yeah, I don't think it was, like, a mass exodus. It was just as... People
1: flitter away. Yeah,
0: from the 60s to... It's 2007 when this takes place, and naturally people's mindsets are going to change, so it just dwindled.
1: Yeah, yeah. In fact, he was working on a vocabulary lesson when Rain fell out of a tree while plum picking. Usually injuries are treated by their neighbor, Dr. Cafferty, who's a veterinarian, but Rain says she needs a real doctor, meaning a hospital. So Cap loads her into the pickup, and off they go only cap is pulled over by the police and arrested for driving without a license he's cuffed but the cop lets him go once he understands the situation which takes a while because cap isn't good at explaining (laughs) he's so okay anyway at the hospital rain has a conniption when she's told she needs eight weeks of physical rehabilitation they tried to make her go to rehab she said no 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 (laughs) Uh, She's upset because it's just the two of them on the commune and there's no one to look after Cap since his parents are dead. The doctor's like, oh well, call social services I guess. And the social worker for Cap's case is Mrs. Donnelly. She takes one look at Cap and knows he's from the commune, Garland Park. Uh, Mrs. D grew up there herself from the ages of 6 to 11 until her parents decided to rejoin mainstream society. If anyone's gonna understand Cap, it's this woman. She decides not to send him to a boy's home, good call, and impulsively tells him that he's coming to stay with her. Cap balks since there's so much to do back at the commune, all their fruit harvest is coming, you know, he has to like pick soon. He reluctantly gives in when Mrs. D reveals she knows Rain and that Rain would want Cap to be with someone who understands. And now we meet our antagonist, Zach Powers, because of course that's his name. It's the first day of school, and he accepts high fives and adulation because, oh, haven't you heard? He's captain of the football and soccer teams. At my school, that wasn't really allowed to do. You could be one or the other. You can't do everything.
0: I don't think my middle school even had soccer.
1: Mine didn't either. But you couldn't be all the things. Okay. You had to let other people be good at things
0: as well. That was probably the case. Uh, What really sucked, though, is Mm -hmm. when... People knew that you were only there because the best person was already leading something else.
1: <laughs> Zach sees that the school signed for Claverage Middle School is in one piece, and he quickly corrects that. He takes the L away and makes it C Average Middle School. <laughs> Actually, the better joke is to make it Cleavage Middle School, but I mean.
0: They're not ooh. nearly as creative as uh, George and Harold from Captain Underpants.
1: Thank you! Right? Yes. Alright, the assistant principal, Mr. Kasigi, manages to miss this, and in astonishing lack of any kind of sense, has Zack show our buddy Cap to his locker. Because this kid is riddled with empathy, right? He's only been musing on who he'll elect for class president. At this ridiculous school, only losers get the position, so they're forced to do social things and be uncomfortable. (laughs) Haha, why hasn't a parent put a stop to this? Anyway, Zack is thrown off by Cap's hippy dippy appearance, and he's even more galled because Cap's looking at Zack like he's a freak, which tickles me. So Cap has no idea idea what a locker is or how a combination works and Zack walks him through it which is actually a little nice, but Cap's so weird that Zack realizes that he'd be the perfect presidential nominee.
0: I drew Aang from Avatar the Last Airbender <laughs> because he's so Zen.
1: He really is.
0: How do you feel about Rain since you have an affinity for very strong willed older women?
1: I don't really like Rain. My strong older woman that I loved through this book was Mrs. Donnelly. I liked her. Yeah. Rain, I do not care for.
0: I didn't love either of them. I definitely sided with Mrs. Donnelly more. She crossed the line from being understanding progressive parent to pushover with her daughter a little much, for my taste. That didn't make her a bad person. That's Sophie's
1: just... mostly a good kid, honestly.
0: Yeah. she's. But I mean, she's also dumping water she's, on...
1: Yeah, that needed to be addressed. It really needed to be, rather than like, I'm so sorry, Cap, that my daughter's a bitch. Like, do, <laughs> do a little more. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I liked Mrs. Donnelly way better than Rain.
0: I mostly just felt like Rain had wrapped herself inside of her own convictions to the point where she was just as blinded by them as the people that she was criticizing.
1: I guess mostly I don't like her because she does this kid such a disservice. He should not have been this. Like, conversations shouldn't have been such an ordeal for him because he's he doesn't give context for anything. He just starts talking about Rain and everyone's like, okay, who the F is that? And, like, no one knew he f- came from a commune at towards the end of the book. And it's like, why don't you, why didn't you tell anyone that? It explains so much. And I, I just feel like she should have given him more opportunities to talk to people because they would go on to trips in a town rather than, I'm your only companion. So I didn't like that. Right. He, he should not have been this clueless. Like, to a degree, obviously, but not,
0: yeah, you not can, like this. You can educate someone on a conceptual level about things that you disagree with. Cap's... Shoes are sandals woven out of corn husks. That's terrible. Which this was actually the most important line in the book for me because I'm growing corn at my house and I didn't know what to do with the husks. But, uh,
1: <laughs> make some cool shoesies. Make some I mean, maybe that'd be good if you like lived in Arizona, but would it really work that well? And I don't know. Make them. Tell me. Okay. <laughs> T- come back and tell the podcast how your corn husk shoes went, and write like cap on the side. <laughs> my caps. Like And everyone's like, what?
0: <laughs> I'm ready for the next cap okay. chap.
1: All right. Cap chap. <laughs> All right. After school, Cap witnesses his first fight. It's between two boys and is literally over nothing, but Cap is baffled and appalled. A teacher comes to split it up and demands to know what happened. Wisely, no one speaks up, but Cap doesn't know that snitches get stitches and earnestly explains exactly what he saw. It comes across sarcastic since no one is earnest at 13 and he's sent to the assistant principal's office. Now this is what happened. The fight starts with, were you looking at, jerk face? What are you looking at, Buttwipe? And they start hitting each other, which is very true to life, except they'd be saying swears. Teacher comes in, break it up! All right, who started it? He did! The two chorused, each pointing at his opponent. The teacher's like, okay, come on, who saw what happened? In caps, all I did. Well, Buttwipe wanted to know what Jerkface was looking at, and Jerkface wanted to know what Buttwipe was looking at. I turned earnest eyes on the bloody and dirt-smeared brawlers. You were barely three inches apart. Couldn't you see that you were looking at each other? The teacher reddened. Who do you think you are, Jerry Seinfeld? You must have me confused with another student. I told him, "My name is Capricorn Anderson. Are you talking back to me?" Yes, I ventured uncertainly.
0: (laughs) There are a couple times where it really highlights how dumb some aspects of our own society are, though. Like, are you talking back to people? That's how a conversation Conversation works. works. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I read that out to. I thought that was so. I was sitting at the table eating dinner. And I just laughed so hard, and then I turned and read it to my mother, (laughs) and it made her laugh too, especially the line like, you must have me confused with another student. (laughs) Just so you know, I pictured you as Cap the entire time when I wasn't thinking of Steve Rogers.
0: (laughs) Well, now can you picture me as Steve Rogers, but- No. Okay. I'm sorry. All right.
1: Well, I guess kind of because that one, that part in one of the Thors where Loki like appears as Captain America, and then he's walking along just in the Captain America outfit.
0: There you go, yeah.
1: Because Josh right. kind of looks like Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> it was funny because I was watching like the most recent movie. And it was like, what? oh, he looks like Josh. <laughs> 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 that's, that's why I've never been attracted to Loki. <laughs> Sorry, Josh.
0: Did you say that in the theater?
1: Actually, I I just kind of, like, my hands kind of, like, raised up into my lap again. Because I'm mostly quiet and don't ruin films for other people. Okay, oh, we were, (laughs) okay, he sent to the principal's
0: office. We're in a podcast, (laughs) that's right.
1: (laughs) Okay, so Mrs. Donnelly comes to get Cap, and she promises to straighten out the disciplinary problem. What's important is going to see Rain. Uh, When he goes to see his grandma, he unloads to her about his crappy day, and Rain's upset that he's out in the real world with no preparation at all. There's no hope that Rain will be let out early, so Cap's fate is sealed. Uh, Mrs. Donnelly and Rain visit a while, talking about the old days. It's nice, but Mrs. D gets tense when Rain calls her by her full hippie name, Flora Mundi, (laughs) which means world of flowers. (laughs) Oh my God, hippies. (laughs) Then Mrs. D takes Cap home to her split level in suburbia, which he hates with all its rooms and various building material. But he does like Mrs. D's beautiful 16-year-old daughter, Sophie. Meow. At the school, Cap is befriended by exactly one student, Hugh Winkleman, who I have to remind myself is not Henry Winkler every time I read his name. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's like Steve Rogers and the Fonz sitting at a table. A. <laughs> <laughs> And then Cap goes, (laughs) B? He sits with Cap in the cafeteria and he warns him against all the people Cap should avoid. Basically everyone, but especially anyone wearing a backward baseball hat, which is a very good rule of thumb for everyone in life. (laughs) As they sit there, someone launches a spitball. Uh, poor Hugh flinches like the bullied child of PTSD he is, but the ball wasn't meant for him. It lands in Cap's long, flowy, thin hair. Finn from Adventure Time, because when he takes his little it's cap off, it just heesh, Also what I pictured every time I thought of Cap's hair. Okay, it lands in Cap's hair. The spitball came from someone at Zach's table, Naomi Erlinger. Suddenly, the assistant principal comes on the PA and announces that eighth grade class nominations are open. Uh, oh, so far there's only one, and it's Cap. Hugh thinks Cap... Put in for it, but Cap's against the government. Hugh realizes the presidency is just another Zack Powers method of torture, and he wants to warn Cap, but realize that if not for Cap, Hugh would be the nominee. The last kid who had the post skipped graduation and then transferred to an alternative high school, so he'd never have to see any of these SOBs ever again. So Hugh stays silent. Poor Hugh and poor Cap. Ish, but he's still upset about the PA system. Never mind being nominated for class president. <laughs> Okay, uh, Zach and uh, a wannabe girl, uh, Naomi Erlinger, run Cap's presidential campaign. Naomi is head cheerleader Lena's best friend. Lena is who Zach actually likes, but Naomi thinks she can bring Zach around if she's cruel enough to Cap. I've known so many Naomi's in my life. Cap wins in a landslide, and the kids demand a speech. All Cap can say is they picked the wrong guy. Why, they ask. I don't know anyone's name. This is the funniest thing anyone's ever heard. They put in a bogus suggestion box where the kids ask for bullfighting rings and Gatorade fountains and Cap passes these on to Mr. Kasiki, who never actually tells Cap that everyone's screwing with him. Ta-da! We just found the shittiest person in the book. It's the principal. I think he was garbage. Naomi and Zach do more crap like setting up bogus press conferences, telling Cap they're in rooms that don't exist, and then they plant students in the hall to give wrong directions, and this set off my anxiety like crazy. Since Zach knows Cap's locker combination, they start putting gross stuff in the locker. Well, she also, Naomi also makes up seventh grader laura Lorelai lumley who leaves cap like love notes and like meet me at this room and that's another place where the room doesn't exist and all that anyway um they put gross stuff in his locker as well it doesn't seem to bother cap until one day they leave him a dead bird and cap wraps it up in a in paper towels and buries it outside and naomi joins him and a few other kids watch the service at the end cap gets all their names That's an important theme. (laughs) He gets everyone's name when he can. Okay, chapter seven. Mrs. Donnelly has lunch with Mr. Kasigi to get a progress report on Cap. Academically, Cap's fine. Rain has taught him very well. Socially, he's very, very lost. Bullfighting at school, seriously? Mrs. D is like, buh, and Mr. Kasigi reveals that Cap is class president. Uh, Like a normal person, Mrs. D wonders how a new kid, especially one like Cap, gets elected to such a position. Sophie tells her that it's just spectacular bullying. A girl in Sophie's year had a nervous breakdown because of it. Um, She's very blasé about it, and wow, our kid's really this sociopathic. (laughs) Josh just widened his eyes and nodded at me. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not, but Sophie is awful, as she can be to poor Cap, dumping water on his head while he does Tai Chi in the yard. Uh, Mrs. D is appalled, but does nothing about it except apologize to Cap. He's just sad and states that people are often unkind because they themselves don't believe they deserve kindness. Um, Mrs. D tells Cap that Sophie is just upset because her father's a flake who blows her off. I'm not sympathetic, but Cap's a better person
0: than me. Do you want to address the election now or get all the little bits out of the way? Because I I have some things to say about that.
1: What about the election? The totally fair election?
0: Yeah. (laughs) When Mrs. Donnelly first talks to Rain, and she's like, "It's been a long time, Flora Mundy. It's wonderful to see that you've done well since your family abandoned the lifestyle and value system they lived in."
1: You passive aggressive, right?
0: (laughs) I wrote savage.
1: You see why I didn't like Rain.
0: If anyone is actually a fellow kid, do people do wedgies anymore? Because they didn't even do wedgies when I was in school. No, they
1: didn't do it to me either.
0: I wrote wedgies or so. 1984. I feel like that was the last time wedgies really were big.
1: Yeah, no one, no one really did that. Like, um, the only thing they did when I was a kid was they'd pants you. They'd pull you down so you're standing there in your underpants. They wouldn't touch your underpants, but they'd pull your pants down.
0: I didn't see much of that in like at school, but like in smaller groups of friends. This was elementary
1: school on the bus because they're correct in this book when they say the bus is like no man's land or anything happens. This is super duper true. Yeah.
0: The bird funeral really resonated with me.
1: I know that was such a that was such a Josh move. This was a life, and you must respect it. It's not like they killed yeah, the bird. They it's from. It.
0: Did we explain that the chapters are actually switching? Point oh no, to... we didn't. Yeah, okay. it's
1: it's a that's part of why I'm doing it this way. I'm just trying to kind of simplify the thing, but yeah, you you see everybody's viewpoint.
0: Yeah, and I just wanted to say that because this is a Naomi chapter, so it says win. Cap goes out to bury the bird. Zack peered through the floor-to-ceiling window. What's he doing? Digging worms? <laughs> That's not it, I said in a tremulous voice. He's burying the bird. Zack was mystified. Why? And I wrote, because he's a better person than you. And then at the end of this chapter, I said this is where the book clicked for me. Like, I was kind of on the fence about it, but after that scene, I was... Even if I wasn't going to love the book, I knew that I would be fine for the ride. I thought that was a really good scene. Yeah,
1: I like that too. There was Star, never a point so? where I didn't like Cap. Like, I've, I always... Yeah, yeah,
0: he's a good kid. Yeah, he's he's solid. What I want to say about the election, the timeline is for the last handful of years they've been electing the biggest loser. Yeah, in the school, and basically let letting them have a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. Which you said, Mr. Kazigi is like the worst person because he knows this is going on, and doesn't do anything about no. it. Yeah, that's awful. So Hugh was the shoe-in for that position until Cap came along because he had been picked on this whole time. And then when Cap got nominated, he realized not only was Cap going to be president, but if he told Cap to pull his name out, that would then put Hugh in the position. Yeah. If it weren't for the fact that Cassie is an adult and should know better, I would say Hugh is the worst person in this book. Because he knew that he could tell Cap to just withdraw his name. Therefore meaning anyone could withdraw your name. Which means he could tell Cap to withdraw his name, then he would be put up, and then he would withdraw his own name, and then he would be done with it too. And then there would probably be some sort of thing where they're like, well, nobody is here for president, let's look into this. This whole thing could have been solved Mm -hmm. if he had just had the guts to do that. Yeah. He knew what the out was and chose not to do it because the easier route was to let this new kid take the fall.
1: He has been (laughs) personally victimized by Regina George. I mean, Zach Powers for years since kindergarten and um it it happens later the book no my heart broke for this kid because he's like this is the best school year I've ever had I've just gotten I mean I'm not popular I still don't really have friends but I get to be anonymous no one says anything to me and that's great so that's where he's coming from of like non-stop bullying because Zach there's something he needs to see a psychologist he's got some mental issues for his need to like I must always have a target there's something wrong with Zach but I think because of how intelligent Hugh is he does come across as like you do know better these are like the better things you could do and you choose not to do them I just it's more to it than just like yeah that's the smartest thing to do it's just like what's gonna get me through my day so I don't feel like crap
0: And it's hard having an intelligent character that's also a child that also has a more complicated background because then it's the constant struggle of, you know better, but you're also not, your brain isn't making the best decisions all of the time. And what you're seeing is finally a light at the end of this miserable years long tunnel. Um, So I can understand that it still frustrates me, but I can understand what the, he was kind of going for there.
1: No, he's still a pretty crummy kid, but I, I don't know. I, I hesitate to call him, like, the worst if Kasigi wasn't in the picture. Because, I mean, Zach Powers, front and center, boom. <laughs> That's a terrible person. I think the only reason why
0: <laughs> I write him off is because he's so obviously, mm-hmm. like, actively bad. Whereas yeah. the people that are passively awful kind he of frustrating. is not, me not the
1: representative, this is not the person you want to emulate, don't be like you. Right. Be like Cap.
0: Be like Cap. Be like
1: Cap. I'm just pitching the fin flowing hair in like the Captain America outfit.
0: Can I have a button that says be a chap like Cap? <laughs> I enjoyed Naomi's chapters. I thought she was a, a good character because yeah. it was almost like peeking into, uh, what's her name from the thing about jellyfish, the girl who died? Oh, Franny. Yeah, it's kind of like peeking into Franny's mindset at a time when she was getting really into guys and was letting them be really obnoxious because she thought that that was, like, the thing to do to, like, be with the cute guy who just happened to be the absolute a-hole. So you got to see a peek into that, and over the course of the story, you see her change and start to realize that there are things that are way more valuable than just being the attractive middle school football captain.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And also, like, kind of this self-awareness that starts coming about like why are we tormenting this yeah. kid what is the point of tormenting anybody and we're not i i don't i don't get it like what and she just yeah. kind of like backs off from it while, while they all kind of look at Zach, like why are you so fixated on this it's really weird
0: <laughs> i like that it's not immediate though it's not just <laughs> no a, this is bad i'm not gonna do it anymore it's, it's
1: the, a tri- it's a process it's
0: over a couple of months because yeah you're like why am i doing this i guess because we all do it But then you slowly start adding in your own logic to it of this isn't adding up at all. Mm -hmm. And so that was a cool progression to watch. Yeah.
1: All right. So next Cap Chap. Um, Chapter eight. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Cap just misses his grandma and he's confused by everything at school and he hasn't even an inkling that he's being teased. He has no idea. (laughs) That isn't the first clue. Uh, He tells Hugh about the Lorelei Lumley love notes he's getting and Hugh tells Cap to invite her to the Halloween dance. Cap, of course, has no idea what that is. And of course, of course, the president is expected to plan the dance. One day someone steals his sandals, someone steals his sandals while he's meditating and he has to take the bus home barefoot. Uh, The floor is gross, but he's more upset by the rambunctious behavior of the other kids on the bus. Uh, At the house he hoses his feet off and Sophie's repulsed by this for some reason, and instead of telling her to go F herself, Cap starts pondering nice things to do for Sophie. Uh, Sophie's trying to date a guy named Josh Weintraub, uh, but it turns out he's a big dull dud. And to top it off, he's getting back together with his ex girlfriend because he talks to to her about like video games for three hours. And I was like, hour totally hour rough. one, I'd be like opening the car door and
0: rolling out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so how'd your date go?
0: I don't know. She tumbled away fifty minutes in.
1: <laughs> I said, I said Halo, and she went ah. <laughs> Um, Sophie's understandably pissed and comes home to Cap jingling car keys at her. He's offering her driving lessons since her flake dad blew her off and her mom's way too busy. Knowing Cap was arrested for driving, she realizes that despite his young age, he knows how to, and off they go. Cap's a really good teacher, all calm and zen, even though Sophie tries to drive through a neighbor's garage but then they see Sophie's mom, ruh -Ruh. Luckily, she doesn't see them, and Cap takes over driving to sneak them home. Uh, Mrs. D is suspicious to see them watching TV calmly, but then Sophie says something nasty, and all is right, except her heart's not really in it. Hmm. Sophie isn't the only one warming up to Cap. Naomi is still helping Zach terrorize Cap, but watching how calm Cap always is makes her realize how juvenile and stupid their pranks really are. Cap's zen stoicism is only pissing Zack off, though, and he doubles down on his douchebaggery. Naomi suggests switching their target back to Hugh Winkleman, but Zack says it's too late! Cap is already president. For some unfathomable reason, Naomi still wants Zack, but she's starting to root for the tai chi-practicing, meditating hippie Cap. Alright, meanwhile, uh, poor Hugh Winkleman is living his best life. Not because he's popular, because he isn't. He gets to be anonymous and not tormented on the daily. He feels guilty for this joy, since it comes at the expense of Cap, who's drawing all of the bullies' fire. It's really bad on a school bus, where the driver, Mr. Rodrigo, turns a blind eye so anything goes. The kids have started throwing lit matches at Cap, not that he's noticed, of course. Uh, Suddenly, Mr. Rodrigo grabs his chest and drops to the ground. Cap runs to take the wheel, saving them from smashing into a dump truck. He yells, where's the hospital? Everyone's stunned, but Naomi runs to the front and starts directing Cap. The radio comes on. The dispatcher wants to know what the f is going on. Cap can't work a radio, so Hugh takes that over and tells the dispatcher the situation. They're told to pull over and wait for an ambulance, but Cap says there's no time and has Hugh disconnect the radio because it's distracting. Hugh checks on Mister R as well. He's unconscious, but he's breathing. I thought that was kind of nice of Hugh to like kind of take everything and it's like, okay, he's got a pulse, he's breathing, like we're okay. Yeah. Um, soon all the cops in the world are chasing the bus, and all the kids on board are silent and terrified, and that I found that part hilarious. They finally make it to the hospital, and the staff gets Mr. Rodrigo inside right away. The po-po knock Cap to the ground, cuff him, while all the kids shout, Fuck the police! Not really, but they do protest. The negative <laughs> response to Cap's heroism. <laughs> How do you feel about Sophie, other than her being a really crummy kid?
0: <laughs> I thought Sophie was interesting. She's not
1: bad, bad, but she's just such an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bit of Sophie in me, so. Oh, she gets mad at Cap when they, wa- they watch this terrible soap opera called Tears and Trigonometry. How great is that title? <laughs> and um, she gets mad at Cap for, like, talking out loud, giving advice to, like, the screen. And I just want to point out that I didn't grow up on a hippie commune, but I always give advice to TV people while watching. <laughs> so <laughs> I really related to that.
0: The segment where they were talking about watching trigonometry and tears together—that was when I was done reading for the night. I started watching Degrassi. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> just immediately Degrassi. turned it on.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, when I finished the chapter about the the bus and him getting arrested, I put on, I actually put on the cop killer song so I could hear the "F the police" <laughs> part. <laughs> I do not advocate killing police officers. Please, please don't.
0: I mean, I don't really advocate. Please don't
1: take my delight at the children possibly yelling that which was what they would do in real life (laughs) you know i'm right
0: protest the systemic injustices of the police don't kill them
1: right yeah (laughs) we're with that look at the violence inherent in the system (laughs) did you ever have to take a school bus
0: Never back to my own house, but a couple of times to other people's, but I don't remember it very well just because it was so infrequent. Whenever I picture a school bus, though, instead of picturing the crazy, I just picture Napoleon Dynamite.
1: It's mostly that, (laughs) but, um, no, I've taken the bus quite a few times in my life, like a couple years in elementary school before I moved to a place where I could just walk to school, and then all of middle school, I was, I took the bus. And it was an adventure. We had a bus driver. His name was Larry. <laughs> he was he just, would be. He was an old man, and and everybody. He's like, you kids, you can't stop it. And that's kind of the extent of it.
0: And then he had a heart attack.
1: No, that never happened. But once he yelled at us so much, his dentures flew out. <laughs> <laughs> you you can't stop. <laughs> his dentures like fly out. <laughs> and um, then he was yelling at us once, cause when they turn in their bus, they have to clean the bus. And like we always like threw papers. Or I guess everybody threw papers around. Sure. Time. I just sat and like got a ride home. Like right. everyone else had to turn it into like let's be shitheads. So he's like, "You kids, you kids are just a you're just a bunch of pigs." And this kid in the back yells, "I smell bacon!" And then we all laughed hysterically. And he was like trying not to laugh because <laughs> he wanted to still be mad, but it was it was funny. And, and <laughs> this particular incident. With Cap driving the bus and all the kids getting like quiet and sitting still, there was a substitute bus driver we had once. I we'd never seen this woman before or since. I don't know if she ever actually drove a bus before or she just desperately wanted a job. She took out a fence and she knocked over a stop sign. And at the fence, we're like whoa. At the stop sign, we're like we might die. Wait, this was so, during <laughs> the same trip. Yes.
0: Oh, good. Same grief. trip. Same oh, trip. goodness. We're, it
1: was the same block. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And, and like, we did get kind of quiet. And remember like, uh, after the second one, like, the the fence, like, you could see, like, oh, maybe that was just, I don't know. Because she was, I think she just got flustered because she got off the route and uh, was going through this residential neighborhood that never should have had a bus go through it because the streets were too narrow. And she did take out somebody's fence. And then at the end of the block, I guess she was so flustered by the fence that she ran over the stop sign. So we're all like, Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so we did kind of like get a little quiet with the second one, just like, what's she gonna hit now? May-
0: maybe she was never actually hired to drive that bus. Maybe maybe she was like the guy uh, at SeaTac a couple weeks ago.
1: Oh no. Oh, hopefully that no, that didn't happen. She didn't crash the bus at the end with all us off. It was like, no, okay, I had my dream of being a bus driver. Now I'm gonna drive this off a cliff.
0: Sad. And it just freeze frames while it's in the air, and credits roll.
1: What is this? Like, like, um, like Hugh name dropped like all the like the whole line of cops following them. He's like, it's just like Thelma and Louise. I'm like, what a kid in 2007 know what Thelma and Louise is? I,
0: right. He should have Nuh-uh. been like. I feel like we're in GTA. That would have made more right. sense.
1: Yeah. Thelma and Louise. I'm like, that an adult wrote this book. You can't fool me. <laughs>
0: I love when that happens. It's like, yes, it's a, an ingrained cultural reference for people that are, like, at least 16+. plus. Yeah. Not this kid.
1: No. No, he would not have. So, uh, Cap's let off with no jail time and is bemused by the experience, but everything is confusing in mainstream society, so no harm, no foul, I guess. Naomi joins Cap for Tai Chi from then on out, and she warns him that she, Zack, and the other kids aren't nice, and he needs to be careful. It's a kindly meant but useless warning since Cap doesn't understand. I feel like I use this tr- word, this whole phrasing, the entire thing. Cap doesn't understand. Cap is confused. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, what?
0: Cap ain't gonna get it. Oh, no, no.
1: <laughs> I don't understand.
0: <laughs> um,
1: Cap goes to another press conference, but in addition to Zach and his idiot friends with their bogus questions uh, that just kind of confused Cap, uh, there's, you know, real kids there who want to know all about the bus hijacking. Zach doesn't like that Cap's kind of cool, so he interrogates Cap on the dance he hasn't started planning yet. Uh, In the hall, Cap talks to two nice kids, Trent and Caitlin. Trent suggests Cap hire a DJ, and he recommends a guy. Cap's just like, eh, you do it, go ahead. But this costs money. Caitlin assumes the school has money budgeted for this, and who, boy, I sure hope they do. Anyway, chapter 13, Sophie's dad breezes back into town and takes Sophie for her driving lesson. He's not as good of a teacher as Cap, but since the bus incident, his teaching days are over. Mrs. D wants to call Flaky McFlakerson out for bailing on Sophie in the past, but Sophie won't let her. Mr. Donnelly sees Cap doing Tai Chi in the yard, and he says some crappy things about a kid with no family, so like, classy, I see where Sophie gets it from. Uh, Then Sophie says the funniest thing in the book. Mom was so nice, so kind, so understanding, that she made the rest of us seem like insensitive jerks. <laughs> seem like Sophie, you wretched little diamonds shine on in your delusional glory. Uh, anyway, the dad <laughs> talks to Cap and plays nice, then presents Sophie with a birthday gift, seven months late, Natch, and then immediately takes it away to be engraved. I'm very sure she'll get this back, probably as a high school graduation present.
0: I forgot to mention this when Mrs. Donnelly first came in, but this is the second time we've seen... Like, a social worker, because the first one was with...
1: Yeah, Miss the... Snurt. Snurt Snart.
0: <laughs> with the snark. S- was that Sister's Grim?
1: Smert. It's Smert. <laughs> it was some stupid, fake-sounding name. But
0: this... Don't miss the name.
1: <laughs> but this is how I picture a social worker being. Yeah. Like, Mrs. Donnelly's exactly it. Perfect. Yeah. Not Miss Smurt, That yeah. was nonsense.
0: And, uh, whew. Sophie's dad's... <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's such a crappy dad he's so oh my god
0: i mean i know i've 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 met that sort of dad before. oh yes
1: i have yeah i mean my dad wasn't like this my dad was just like not present at all but i mean do you have to keep coming back i kind of <laughs> rather he didn't yeah he didn't do this I, he i never had my hopes my one of my aunts is like him she i gotta tell you this But she made all this this promise to all us kids, if we finished high school on time, like graduated without getting a GED, just like the high school diploma, and if we took two years of a foreign language, she would take us to a country where they speak that language. Guess if that happened or not.
0: Not even a little bit. I've still
1: never left the country before.
0: (laughs) Well, you took a bunch of years of English.
1: Yeah. Boom. Here I am. (laughs) Yeah, it was that, and like she was like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to a hockey game. We're gonna take you guys to this hockey game." I wrote it on my calendar. I got all excited, and then I like kind of the day before, I like mentioned it to my mom, like, "Are we gonna go?" And she's like, <laughs> snorts, because then- she's not delicate about it, like Mrs. Donnelly kind of is with her daughter. Just like, "Come on, let's just." Da-da-da. My mom's like, "No." It was just a lot of stuff like that. I learned faster than Sophie. Like I was like eleven, when I was like, "Okay, I can't count on her," and just stopped. And so if he's like 16, like, no, it's totally going to happen. It's going to happen. My dad's great.
0: Do we know exactly when they separated?
1: Uh, I think it was like a year ago. Okay. It's fairly recent, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that might be why she isn't totally, because it's only been a year and presumably they had been together for the first 14, 15 years of her life.
1: But he's probably always been like this, though. Like, I'm totally going to be at your soccer game. It's like, yeah, I missed it, but look, I bought you a soccer ball. I'm like, oh, well, that makes up for it. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) But, like, that's not sarcasm. She genuinely is like, that does make up for it. Because they make these, people like to kind of make these big promises, and then they, like, make it up in some other way. Yeah. And then it gets, like, forgiven, but it's like, yeah, but you get hurt every single time. So you should probably temper your expectations a little bit, which is what Mrs. Donnelly keeps kind of trying to tell Sophie to do. So if he's just like, no, you, and then the mom's like, I, I did do that. I got him out of my life because I couldn't take it anymore.
0: So my cousin just graduated high school, and his mom is mostly out of the picture. On that side of the family, he's Korean. So my cousin got a ticket to go to South Korea, and he goes, and he's having a grand old time, and about a week and a half in, realizes that his mom only got him a one-way ticket. <clears throat>
1: Okay, what happened? Don't pause. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: my uncle, who is the one that he's been living with since he yeah. was born, freaked the heck out and mm-hmm. got him home and was like, mm-mm, uh that ain't happening again. My cousin had finally realized, like, he kind of understood that his mom was not the greatest, but after that he was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't even pretend that she's going to be in any way helpful in my life. And so no. he, yeah. And it sucks because he just got a baby half-brother through his mom so he's not sure if he's going to be able to see him very often but like his mom's cray that was how do you
1: how do you go on this trip without having knowing that you need a return ticket and it's like hey when are you going to be back how long is your trip
0: that part i don't know
1: yeah i mean it's still like on the mom but like yeah. i'm so nervous about every aspect of traveling i'd want to know what my return when my return time was and like what, like how many days i had to do stuff before i had to be back and like making sure i had a ride like at the airport back you know like all <laughs> but...
0: i like how cap says that the characters in trigonomi- trigonometry and tears are so real because he knows so many real people at this <laughs> point
1: <laughs> <laughs> no i was just like what's this based on annie so uh cap's continuing his life and he talks to rain on the phone she says the kids only care about cap stealing a bus Rather than saving Mr. Rodrigo, because they only care that he broke the rules. They're prisoners to the rules. They don't even know it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you just in an old hippie voice, <laughs> you know. She also begs on Sophie, which I love, but Cap chastises her for having a negativity trip. Boy, Cap would never have a conversation with me because I I live on the negativity trip. <laughs> <laughs> choo <Choo-choo>! choo, woo! <laughs> Jump on the hate train. <laughs> what are we gonna shit on today? <laughs>
0: All right, um... We're making stops everywhere all the time.
1: (laughs) woo Come on, ride the train and ride it. Woo-woo! Okay. Um, he makes the mistake of using Sophie's volumizing shampoo and he ends up with a huge hair cloud around (laughs) his head until Sophie saves him with conditioner. She's less of an a-hole lately, which is nice. Um, at school, the kids hound him about the dance and they want snacks! This confuses Cap because, because uh, you know, at a dance, you should dance. Uh, but a girl named Holly Van Arden tells him about Create Your Own Pizza. And he's like, make it so. <laughs> uh, Holly cautions him that it won't be cheap, but Cap waves this off. I have a really bad feeling, but Cap doesn't know to be worried and does Tai Chi with Holly and Naomi. So uh Hugh's trying trying to be Cap's friend outside of school, but Cap makes it hard. Eschewing the chess club because competition is evil, and flat out refusing to go to Hugh's house, which made me laugh. That's totally me. Like you wanna hang out like no. <laughs>
0: It frustrates me that it's not more socially acceptable to just be like, I don't want to. I have to think of a reason to not do something. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm in my pajamas. And you need to I'm do, just...
1: like, like what um, Phoebe from Friends said. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't, I don't want to. <laughs> 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 I wish I could, but I don't want to. Anyway, so Hugh compliments Cap's shirt, and uh, Cap's like, you want a tie-dye? Bingo, friendship. Uh, before school the boys go to the art room and they start making some wicked cool shirts the teacher comes in and is briefly pissy you know that there's kids fooling around in there before realizing Cap is a hero and dope is that tie-dye <laughs> <laughs> She gets the boys excused from their first period class, uh, their first period classes, and she has her art class do tie dye instead of the lesson plan. Suddenly, there's a PA that Cap Anderson, president, is having a tie dye class in the art room. Come one, come all. Like 90 kids come, and Cap gets all their names. It all sounds very nice, and kids wear the tie dye clothes the rest of the day and high five, groovy.
0: I really liked that. I did too. It
1: was so not true to life. Right. But
0: mostly I liked how incredibly excited the art teacher got. Yes,
1: That one like really lame little kid who was all like, weren't we supposed to be learning how to draw the human body in motion? She goes, tomorrow, today we're (laughs) tie-dyeing.
0: And she wraps her bandana around her. Yeah. Here we go.
1: (laughs) And everyone's just bringing in like everything to like tie. I I know people, there's a lot of people who don't like tie-dye. I think it looks really cool. I like tie-dye.
0: I don't like tie-dye, but I, I mean, I don't have a problem with people liking tie-dye. It kind of depends on
1: the colors you use. If you use like colors you like, then it looks like really super, but like, I always seem to see like a lot of tie-dye, has a lot of yellow and orange in it. I hate those colors. Sure. So like, but I had like this tank top uh, that I wore like through middle school and high school that I always got compliments on from people that was like, it was like pink and blue and purple tie-dye. And it was just like, that is like the awesomest shirt. Like everybody, and they go, and some people are like, I don't even like tie-dye, but that is such
0: a cool. I've seen pretty solid designs that usually just use a couple of colors and just work with shades within them. And I think that tends to be a better effect than going a little over the top. Rather than
1: using every single color, just like using yeah. colors that complement one another. And then, I don't know, just there's a way to do it so that it doesn't look quite as, yeah. yeah. But my uncle wears a lot of tie-dye because he's has, like, the, the, all the, um, that's what all the, um, Grateful Dead t-shirts look like. Yep. They're tie-dyed and then have, like, the bears on them. Yep. <laughs> he's got so many of those shirts. <laughs> like, you're so lame. No, I love my uncle, but, I mean, everyone has a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I sit in my basement and play radio. <laughs> my uncle would, like, follow the dead around. Only, only if they were, like, in Southern California. Because he went to college there. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. I context. Right how'd you feel about the shampoo yeah (laughs) has this happened to you
0: (laughs) no but it did remind me of the time in in high school when some friends decided that they were going to straighten my hair i looked hideous (laughs) pretty much the worst (laughs) i've ever looked
1: you didn't have long hair yet did you i thought you got that you did that once you were out of high school i
0: stopped getting haircuts right after sophomore picture so it was like down to my shoulders but pretty curly so when we straightened it it went even longer than that
1: and it looked bad.
0: It looked really bad. Wow. Because all the volume comes from the curl. Yeah. So oh, when it so was your straight, hair just kind of looked like, like lank and <clears throat>
1: yeah. Well, the thing is, like, also like when my brother was in high school, he had long hair, and he he didn't start going bald until he was twenty. Yeah. So he he had like long hair, and then it like weirdly curled right around the time he was fourteen. So I was just more picturing what his hair kind of looked like at that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, oh no sophie's dad is blown out of town again so she's back to being mean to cap sigh then at school mr kasigi confronts cap about the pizza and dj rumors he's been hearing after school he takes cap to the bank for checks to cover dance expenses which cap is supposed to give to the people the other students are hiring but he just doesn't get it and i want to shake him and mr kasigi comes like explain it and even though Mr. K has said he wants a detailed budget, Cap sees a silver bracelet in a jewelry window and buys it for Sophie, paying for it with the school checks. You fool! And also, Mr. Kasigi, like, he's going out of town for a couple weeks for a principal's conference, so he just gives him all these signed blank checks to a 13-year-old who has no idea of, like, any concept of money. I'm like, you are the biggest dumbass. And then Cap, it's just like, some of it kind of feels like, how much of this is put on? How much does he really not understand? <laughs> <laughs> but he really doesn't get it. Okay, so uh, Mrs. Donnelly calls Mr. Kasigi for another cap update. And Mr. K says he has followers ever since the bus incident. Uh, Kids who flock to whatever he's doing. And if Mr. K didn't know any better, he'd think Cap was starting a cult. (laughs) Ha ha. The commune kind of was a cult as Mrs. D remembered it. Especially how Rain ran it. Sophie receives her bracelet in the mail. The envelope had no return address, no card, and the bracelet was engraved with all you need is love. Come on, it's clearly not from her dad. Speaking of Cap's crush on Sophie, Mrs. Donnelly knows about it since she came home and found them watching Tears and Trigonometry. Actually, Sophie was watching the show, but Cap was watching Sophie, clearly planning on making a move. So Mrs. D made a lot of noise to save Cap from what would have been a brutal rejection. At school, Cap is getting more and more popular. The cool crowd is going around taking donations for a charity run they're taking part in. Uh, Hugh gives them a couple of bucks, but Cap takes one of the dance checks and writes it out for $1,000. Everyone starts screaming, and everyone ignores Hugh, who points out that it's the dance money. He's like, that's all our money! And everyone's ignoring him, because they're like, we don't want facts. Fake news. Cap gets overwhelmed by the attention and he ducks into a bathroom. Hugh follows and mutters something salty about how the attention must be nice. Cap agrees that it is, and that he'd never imagined it'd be lo- what it'd be like to have so many people like him. Hugh takes this as a huge slap to the face for some reason, and when Naomi bursts in to suck Cap's face, Hugh decides he's done with Cap. That's when that's when Hugh lost me. That seemed like too jacked up and weird. Yeah, because he didn't even say, "Man, you'd have no idea what it's like to
0: be this popular." Right? He
1: said it. He personalized it very much, like I had no idea right. what it would be like. And then, like he was just like, "How very dare!" <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because uh, most of Cap's dialogue, I picture is him saying in this like airy monotone sort yeah. of voice. Just
1: I don't, what be like. I don't even know what everyone's saying. <laughs> Do you want to <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hugh isn't the only one perturbed by Cap's new star power. Uh, Zach Powers is pissed that he's not the most popular boy anymore. Cap even sits in Zach's seat in the cafeteria, and none of his friends make room for him. He, like, makes eye contact with Lena, and she's just, like, like shaking her head like, No, bitch, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked Lena for some reason. I did. She's like She was so in the know about, like, everything. She's like, Yeah. yeah. And everyone's like, Well, if, if she heard it, then it's yeah. true. Anyway, in his rage, Zach collides with Hugh, and they spill each other's lunches. Zack notices Hugh was glaring at Cap and decides to enlist Hugh's help in dethroning Cap. At first, Hugh wants nothing to do with Zach thanks to years of bullying, but then Naomi's all cozy with Cap and Hugh decides that he's it. The school body has to know that Cap's not immortal.
0: I remember, did you specify the fact that when he sees the bracelet, it's the exact same design as the bracelet yeah, that her. Yeah, it's the
1: same bracelet. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so that's why he gets it and then engraves it and sends it back but when they're watching trigonometry in tears and miss donnelly (laughs) says he was a difficult one to read but i believed he was trying to work up the guts to lean over and put his arm around her so i slammed my briefcase down on the kitchen counter and said the first thing i could think of who's up for a nice tall glass of lemonade
1: mother what year is this
0: (laughs) i love how she's just like what's a what's a thing what do teenagers um uh Lemonade? Is there a drink that we can have not here? Who wants to go to a box social? (laughs) Want
1: to hear about my garden committee? (laughs) The garden club committee.
0: (laughs) So the checks are already, it's incredibly moronic to give those to somebody who does understand spending.
1: Yes. Why would you ever do this?
0: He's like, I have to go on this very important principle getaway and i just where's
1: the principal principal he's the assistant principal where's the principal right
0: because my principals were way more engaged than this supposed principal. it wasn't
1: until high school where we never saw the principal yeah. and the assistant principal was like in charge of everything
0: yeah but like in middle school I it's remember like seeing...
1: the principal just like dead and chained in his office and it's just like mr kasigi's in charge now
0: <laughs> yeah so giving the checks to somebody who doesn't understand spending extra moronic and he doesn't even he asks for a budget from cap but he doesn't even say here's what you can't go above because this is all the money that we have And even if cap doesn't understand the concept of checks i think saying we have four thousand dollars set aside for the dance or something like that would help a little bit
1: where the f is the pta they're all over this shit <laughs> why aren't they there <laughs> they'd be all like all right now capricorn no this is what we call a budget now we've got four hundred dollars for the music. That's go for the. We're gonna have to find like a good DJ, clean music. We don't have want any of that swearing. And then we gotta make sure that there's enough enough parents who volunteer because you kids. I know how you kids get. And while well, he's just sitting there, just like, okay, this PTA woman knows everything.
0: <laughs> I don't want no bumping and grinding.
1: Yeah, hands hands in the air like you just don't care, huh? Huh? I don't know why I gave her that accent. It's just such an inoffensive mom sounding voice that I just did.
0: In middle school, my mom was the one who called and complained that we had been playing inappropriate music at our school dances because she like I was telling her about the dance and I was explaining some of the songs and one of them was my Humps, so we weren't allowed to listen to like pretty much any good music in the dances after that. It was just all the cha cha slide. It was
1: Josh's fault. Little creep. It was my mom okay? No, it was you. Why are you talking about the music at the dance? Just say it was a good, it was fun. I had a good time. And then you go to your room and like listen to my house.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm pretty sure I had the CD at home. I don't know why it was such a big deal.
1: What are you going to do with all that junk?
0: All I'm that junk inside that trunk? got to get, 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 get you drunk.
1: What you going to do with all that ass? <laughs> all that ass inside them jeans? <laughs> Let's
0: stop there. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Don't put the music in there, it always screws me up.
0: <laughs> uh, the checks were definitely the big thing, and-
1: I was just like, I have such a bad feeling, and it was giving me such bad anxiety that I had to like, go read spoilers so i know it'd work out okay. I was so worried.
0: Even though I was already pretty against you at this point, I did like the fact that he's just- it. it's like he's a ghost, and he's yes. walking around trying to tell people, it's like,
1: it's our money! It's not his money! The school's name is on the check, look! (laughs) And they're all just like, look at that, a thousand dollars! Chapter 20. That's where SHIT gets real. Uh, During a pep rally, Hugh takes Cap to the locker room and he dresses him in a football gear. Cap worries that he doesn't know how to football. He he actually said it that way. I don't know how to football. I'm like, Cap is me. (laughs) But Hugh tells him that he only has to show his support for the team, then he shoves him out on the field. Uh, everyone in the stands are jeering and they look mean. Cap's alarmed by this. He's supporting the team. Then he sees some football players running at him. Then he thinks to look down at himself. He's wearing the opposing team's uniform. Oopsie poopsie. <laughs> so the football team, led by Daryl Pennyfield, tackle Cap. Since Daryl gets there first, he realizes right away that something's wrong. Since the guy he's tackling is so skinny, he's no football player. Even though isn't everyone kind of skinny in 8th grade? Like, no one's, like, a football player in 8th yeah, grade. Yeah, no,
0: everyone is. Why is
1: there a football team in 8th grade? Like.
0: I mean, there was a football team in. At... There was
1: one in mine I met, but no one went to any games. Yeah, like, no e- one I knew.
0: Everyone was super scrawny. Like, you, you yeah, can't. You, everyone. I don't think you can bulk up until you're, like, no, 16.
1: No, they're children. But anyway, this one's super skinny, I guess. And, uh, Daryl shouts for everyone to stop, but it's too late. They all pile on cap. The coaches run over shouting because, dude, when is it ever okay for 20 guys to tackle one guy? Uh, That's when the kids realize this stunt wasn't planned. And they're all horrified when the helmet comes off and they see that they've tackled Cap. Uh, Despite possibly having a neck injury, the coaches haul Cap up and walk into the nurse's office. So dumb, but whatever. Did that bother you too?
0: Yeah. I was like,
1: don't don't move him.
0: Anytime I see someone get injured, like, My first thing is don't touch him. (laughs)
1: He possibly has a headache injury, so be sure to jerk him around by the shoulders.
0: (laughs) Just kind of, how you doing? (laughs)
1: Let me just go. (laughs) Okay, so the coach orders the team to stay on the field, and while the rest of the school follows Cap, the team try to figure out how all this happened. Zach suggests that Cap came up with the whole thing himself since he's so weird. That strikes Daryl as weird, and the tiniest seed of suspicion sprouts. Coach comes back and reams the boys out for the 20-guy dog pile they just took part in. Not only could they have seriously injured Cap, they could have injured themselves as well. Luckily, Cap's going to be fine. Uh, throughout the day, rumors about the event start circling, the most egregious one being that Cap's going to get his revenge by running over the team with a school bus. <laughs> <laughs> Lena settles everyone down by saying that people have seen Cap in class. He's been in his afternoon classes. Be cool. He's not. He's not getting a school bus. When Daryl starts to get upset, blaming himself, Lena informs him that none of this is his fault, it's Hugh's. He was seen in the office getting yelled at. The pieces fall into place. Someone put Hugh up to this, and Daryl saw Zach talking to Hugh at lunch the other day. Furious, Daryl goes to confront Zach, but Zach denies everything, being a huge jerk about it, and even tells Daryl he's got a big butt, which is such a girl thing to say.
0: (laughs) What you going to do with all that junk?
1: we we'll get you drunk. <laughs> Daryl goes to punch Sack, and who steps in but Cap? Give peace a chance, Anderson. Cap takes the hit and goes down hard. This is not Cap's day. Daryl carries Cap to the nurse, and the last the kids see of their class president, he's loaded into the back of an ambulance. Can I just say, tell a story really quick? Yes. Yeah, this, this part where he's like, I just can't. I'm picturing him carrying me, like yelling, like medic, like the whole way. Because uh, when my brother was in middle school, some kid he didn't know like punched him from behind. And my brother grew up with me for a sister, so his first instinct was to turn around and swing. So he swings at this kid, and the kid's holding his head, and my brother's like, Oh! Are you okay? I'm so sorry. So the guy takes my brother and throws him into a wall, and we had all these, like, horrible stucco brick walls, so it was like, oh, nice and... Yeah. for him to like and like scratches up his head and 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 like he's like oh and his friends like grab my brother and basically do this like drag him to the the nurse's office while yelling we got a bleeder <laughs> <laughs> and my brother was suspended <laughs> and so was the kid and the, assist, the assistant principal was sitting there like you had a choice to make and you chose to do this to my brother because you're supposed to just be beaten you're not supposed to fight back
0: we were taught that if you were being bullied, you're supposed to say, I don't like when you say mean things about my hair. It makes me sad and I want you to stop. Which is the sure if I were to get someone to bully oh you twice God. as hard.
1: I'm gonna bully you now. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> While I was watching it, I was like, I wanna be a bully now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like dare.
1: What's drugs?
0: I'll do it. <laughs> Poor Sir. stupid Daryl. I, I felt bad for him. Oh. He didn't mean for any of it to happen. No
1: he's just the big butted bullet that went right at him, and fired from Zach's gun. He called him a big butt. I'm like, <laughs> you are such a girl. <laughs> such a girl thing to
0: say. I also liked the the stereotype swapping of making the coach like the most rational adult in the entire school. Yes, because he, he's like, he's like, I'm trying to teach you not to just be good at football, but to be. In, intelligent human beings that use your brain other than something to put a helmet on. Yeah. And I am so disappointed in all of you right now. I'm like, good job, dude.
1: Yes. Can he be the principal? (laughs) He's way smarter than this other (laughs) moron. My uncle was in all through like middle school and high school. He was a football player. Those dog piles are horrible. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, like bad crap happens at the bottom. He's had, he had his eye nearly gouged out with someone's thumb, like at, at the bottom of the pile. So we're lucky that these kids were just, like, enthusiastic instead of, like, let's kill everyone. So that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, no.
0: I did like how slow Cap was to think everything through. He was just like, this is interesting. I didn't expect to be part of this assembly. I didn't expect to be dressed up to do the football. Why am I wearing someone else's jersey? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they sure are running quickly.
1: Why was he so unaware of, like, Hugh dressing him? Why shouldn't he have been, like... This says the, the name of the other school. What's this about? <laughs> I thought this was a pep rally for our school. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> I am confusion.
0: I am confusion about doing the football.
1: Are you ready? All right. So Cap gets into the ambulance and reigns in the back. The EMTs are taking her home to Garland, but she wanted to get Cap out of school first. The ambulance runs the siren to get by the school buses, and I was like, that's going to fuel the frickin' rumors. <laughs> But then it's quiet ride to the Donnelly house, only Sophie's home. And that was really funny because he runs in, Mrs. Donnelly! Mrs. Donnelly! And Sophie's like, she's at work like she's always been at this time every day this week. <laughs> Cap leaves a note for Mrs. Donnelly thanking her. And Sophie helps him pack and lets him keep the yearbooks he'd been studying. Sophie tells him it's been real, it's been fun but it hasn't been real fun. He's, of course, baffled. <laughs> <laughs> Once they're back in Garland, Cap's happy to be there, yet everything seems bland compared to suburbia and all its bright houses. He feels guilty for the disloyal fight, but he really is glad to be home. Okay, meanwhile, Mr. Kasigi comes back to town from his conference, and he finds stacks and stacks of bounced checks from various charities. <laughs> He's horrified, and he demands to see Capricorn Anderson, but... Corn Edison is no longer registered at the school, and Garland doesn't have a phone. <laughs> so he calls Mrs. Donnelly and leaves messages that are so frantic. She doesn't call him back. She comes to the school. Uh, she takes one look at the checks and says it's his fault. <laughs> she, I love that. She's like, Frank, this is your fault. <laughs> uh, what was he thinking, giving a 13-year-old boy, like, cap blank checks?
0: Nice going, Frank. Yeah.
1: Oh, nice, Frank. Well I can't sneeze? Well, it's actually Ron for that video. <laughs> Okay, Cap doesn't know how money works. She tells him that she grew up on Garland as well, and that money had seemed like magic. They go over to the charges and see that some legitimate dance business was funded, but what's this jewelry store charge? Maybe prizes? Uh, Mr. K figures he had this coming since he's been turning a blind eye to how the kids have been electing their president. He's like, I was expecting to blow up in their faces, but not my face! I'm like, you're the grown-up. So a few days pass, and all the kids start wondering, where's Cap? Because he kind of, you know, they're like, okay, you know, recover. And yeah, he didn't go to the game because the team killed him practically, so why would he come? But then, you know, enough time passes. Naomi directly asks a teacher who says he's not a student there anymore, and don't mention Cap's name to Mr. Kasiki or he'll get emotional about it. (laughs) She doesn't mention that this emotion would be rage. (laughs) Um, shortly after this, the dance is cancelled due to unfortunate circumstances. Uh, Lena has one of her office contacts steel caps file, but it's empty. And they're all like, he should have transfer papers from his schools! I was like, how do you know so little about him? That he came from a com- commune and he'd have nothing.
0: I was just like, why'd you bother taking the file if it was empty?
1: <laughs> you should come back and go like, this bitch empty! Yeet! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's going to be so dated in a few years. In a few months. Yeah, it's already dated.
0: (laughs) It's not coming out till November.
1: So, through some detective work, they find Olivia Weintraub, whose brother was Josh Weintraub, who briefly dated Sophie, (laughs) who
0: had a hippie living with her
1: family. That's it!
0: Ron wanted me to tell you that Jitty told her (laughs) Uh,
1: that Harry ain't no fang. (laughs) I'm not an owl! you, Hermione. Anyway, (laughs) like, I'll pass messages for Ron, because I love him, but, like, you can speak for yourself, Mr. Chosen One.
0: (laughs) I am the chosen one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She does whack him in the head. Okay, where are we going with this? Okay, so Naomi and Lena take Cap's bus to the Donnelly house, where Mrs. D and Sophie are about to go driving. (laughs) I like that part. Sophie's just like, bye, no, he's not here, and like rolls the window up. Um, Mrs. Donnelly is squirrely, and she won't give any info on where Cap is, and Sophie says that where Cap is, they don't have a phone.
0: Where we're going, we don't need phones.
1: (laughs) So the girls decide Cap must be dead. (laughs) Alright, at school, everyone has taken it on faith that Cap is dead. The only people who don't believe it are Zach and Hugh. Zach's become a social pariah and gets insults carved into his locker every day, and spitballs get thrown at him at lunch. But then Zach is hit with a brainstorm while talking to Hugh. The way to get everybody back on his side. He and Hugh will throw a huge memorial service for Cap on Halloween. Sophie's on the phone with her dad in this chapter. And uh, she thanks him for her bracelet. And at first he seems to have no idea what she's talking about. And then he's like, oh yeah, no problem. Good luck on your driver's test. Got, gotta go. <laughs> Sophie's like WTF and goes to take her driver's test she's nervous when she has to drive down a narrow road but then she remembers Cap's advice and gets through move the front through if, and the rest if, will drag yeah or something
0: I don't if, drive, you, get the, so. if you get the tip in <laughs>
1: <laughs> then you do the test, um, she's pondering the bracelet mystery. It clearly didn't come from her dad. She ascertained from that phone call. <laughs> and um, her mom would never delude her when it comes to her dad. So definitely not from mom. And then when she hits the radio instead of the defogger, the pieces fall into place. The radio is playing the Beatles. All you need is love. Sophie starts bawling with regret and runs over all the cones she's supposed to parallel park near. <laughs> Because she's like, oh no, it's from Cap, and I was so crummy to this kid, and I gave him no reason to be nice. And this is the nicest thing he could have done. Anyway, the instructor feels bad for her, and (laughs) passes her anyway. Uh, Sophie decides to repay Cap's kindness by making sure he gets to go to the Halloween dance.
0: The whole, I'm gonna pass you because you're crying thing is so true. Uh, The first time I went to Vegas, I was like, I don't know, like 10 or something. And it had been, like, the flight had been delayed. Okay, with... son. <laughs> exactly. yeah, I'm picturing you at the roulette table
1: crying. They're like, okay, Josh, you can win $40 at least.
0: I made, like, 90 bucks. They, I sat, like, at the very edge of the table, and and they were like, what number should I play?
1: You got to do that? We went to Reno. I was 15, and my brother was 11, and we were told to get off the floor because we were children. But you got, to, you got to call Red. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Bullshit. So it had been like a whole thing getting there, and it was like way late at night when we finally got in, and apparently a conference had come in and taken all of the rooms at the hotel that we had booked a reservation for, and- You had dibs. Yeah, exactly. We had dibsies. And (laughs) my dad was going to try and be all professional about it, but my mom was just like, what? And just starts bawling in the middle of the- She was like, we just had it planned! (laughs) and so they set us up with a suite at like the next hotel over with like a jacuzzi and everything for like no charge
1: (laughs) wow okay that's a good tip folks just burst into tears and if you're not good at tears carry one of those sticks that you like break open yeah
0: no if you want things cry in public places
1: yeah because they just want you to stop
0: (laughs) yeah it's so uncomfortable (laughs) for them
1: yeah like oh my god please don't (laughs) so that doesn't work on me I've had people like cry when, I'm, when I could get them something and I'm like, don't you manipulate me and I don't give it to them. I have no soul though. I liked Zack and Hugh's back and forth on who's the bigger jerk off between the two of them. It's like, you bullied him this whole time. Yeah, and you know better and you totally manipulated him because you could have told him that the presidency wasn't a real thing.
0: I understand not going over the entirety of a student's personal life, but when the class president no longer goes to the school, I feel like they should have let the student body know.
1: Why isn't there a vice president? Why isn't there a secretary? Why isn't there a treasurer? They had all these dumbass positions. I
0: liked that Kasiki was like, (laughs) I just didn't want to be the only school in the nation that didn't have a student body, so I let the rest of the class just bully kids into the position so I would look better.
1: Where's my conference? (laughs) I hate this guy yeah
0: name. he sucks Boo-erns. when naomi confronts zach
1: oh that was pretty good
0: yeah and he said he's like
1: <laughs> i thought she had thoughts for me <laughs> i guess i misread the signals <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's like you know it was your whole thing with the football team that put him in this position why are you even pretending to care about it? And he was like, it's not my fault. Pennyfield's gone over the edge. And she's like, nothing's ever your fault. And I wrote the narcissist's prayer. Yeah. Because he totally is exhibiting the whole, yes. like, it's not my fault. What's, like, the whole thing is basically, and if it, if I did do it, you deserved it. Mm-hmm. It's basically the logic.
1: Like, he said it was Hugh's fault. He was Boyd. That's like, well, fuck at you. Why don't you do anything that you're supposed to do? Yeah. And he was just like, why can't you just let me live? <laughs> oh, and it was like, as a result of, like, this, all this crap happening. Hugh was kicked out of the chess club. He doesn't even get to be in the chess club anymore. I was like ouch. <laughs> Don't piss off the chess club. <laughs> uh, chapter 27 um, At Garland, Cap brings in the harvest and misses the mill school. <laughs> I'm laughing because I already said all this crap. Maybe you'll edit that out? Yep. Okay, anyway. He really wishes he could go to the Halloween dance, but Rain said no when he asked. Dick move. Anyway, uh, Mm -hmm. she wouldn't even let him go on a supply run with her. To be fair, he's got two black eyes right now.
0: Right? And
1: if you go with a child in public who looks like that, you're just like, I didn't abuse him. (laughs) I didn't abuse him. Don't look at me like that. Don't you judge me. So he decides he'll walk to a service station and call a cab to take him to the dance. And he was gonna, he still had a check left. (laughs) And he was gonna pay for the cab with a check. (laughs) This stupid kid.
0: Especially because, you know, if it were nowadays, you can only use checks at, like, Costco and half Price books for whatever dumb reason.
1: (laughs) Okay, so, um, he leaves a note for Rain. That's why you leave a note and gets walking. (laughs) And, of course, he's walking in the middle of the road and nearly gets mowed down. The driver is Sophie. After yelling at him for nearly getting killed, she thanks him for her bracelet and kisses him on the cheek. Now, after the dance, also, she finds out what the game plan was and was like, yeah, I Taxi driver wasn't going to take a check. (laughs) Once they're at the school, they see the lights are off inside the building and everyone's in the parking lot with candles. Sophie and Cap put on Mickey and Minnie masks. that were last minute costumes that she threw together and they join the crowd. But everyone's dressed like Cap and playing Abbey Road. Bizarre? And I love that he was like, they're playing Abbey Road, which is Rain's favorite album. And I go, they don't even know your favorite album. That's sad. Meanwhile, Mrs. Donnelly is worried Uh, Because Sophie's been gone with the car for so long. Uh, To take her mind off it, she tidies the already tidy room Cap has stayed in. There she finds the receipt for Sophie's bracelet. Quickly she calls Mr. K to tell him, but he's got bigger problems. There's a riot at the school, a memorial service for Cap. Mr. K needs her there to tell them that Cap isn't dead. Mrs. Donnelly can't go anywhere without her car, so Mr. K says he'll come get her. Did you, like, feel like that they were going to date?
0: Yeah, well, yeah.
1: I did too, so that never happened. I'm like, good... (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I feel like she's in, better than I her. feel like in the first draft for this they ended up together right and Rain was dead and not just hospitalized those are the two things that ah. I felt like might have changed
1: okay
0: I think both of those were good decisions
1: yeah okay then Mrs. D just sits and her head spins <laughs> so then Zach's running this show here and he was like, let's not give them time to think. We can just distract them with something else. So Zach starts having kids step up to the karaoke mic and give their memories of Cap. This actually made me tear up.
0: Zach didn't seem to realize that everyone else had grown to genuinely, like, care yeah. about the kid. They're
1: like, his Tai Chi class helped me lose 11 pounds. I stopped picking on my little brother. I started giving some of my paper route money to charity. Learning about the 60s helped me get along better with my grandparents. My <laughs> tears are like those are like really nice positive changes (laughs) this is i hated hugh right here hugh sees this as a golden opportunity to redeem himself and he spots some teachers closing in and he quickly takes the mic to say a few lukewarm things and then fate cries while screaming cap was too young to die turd yeah he bites the inside of his cheek so he could have some tears to work with and i'm just like you're a creep zach wears it on his sleeve like oh i'm an asshole but you're like a yeah. You, you delude yourself that you're not one. See,
0: that's. that's, that's... What, was that
1: what you're trying to say? Yeah, earlier? exactly. Is
0: because <laughs> Zach is pretty aware of kind of.
1: Yeah, it's like, I am what I am. i not yeah. a douchebag.
0: <laughs> but he was all like, I was his best friend in all of this. And it's like, no, you weren't.
1: No, you weren't. How do we know he lived on a commune? You
0: were undermining the whole thing.
1: <laughs> you were you're a turd. Okay, so Cap bless his stupid heart, tells Hugh not to cry, and comes forward taking off his Mickey Mouse head. See? I'm not dead. Thank you <laughs> Alright so everybody makes Cap stand up and speak but the first there's a six minute ovation does everybody like Bleh! for a while and then he's just like Bleh. Okay then Cap explains that he's fine and then he just went home to the commune then he says goodbye to everyone and I mean individually by name. He actually memorized eleven hundred names and it takes an hour. Bye Josh Bye, cheez it by Mara Bye Megan bye Christy <laughs> Just keeps going. I love how Cheese. its like a student at the school. <laughs> okay, he tries to leave, but the kids carry Cap on their shoulders. Rain's showed up by now, because I guess she got the note and then comes into town. And the kids take Cap to where Mrs. Donnelly is bawling Rain out for not educating Cap on the real world, and his misuse of the school funds is her fault. Then the two hippies leave. Ta-da.
0: I loved the goodbye scene. I thought that was great. That was my favorite part of the book.
1: Well, all of them are just, like, staring at him and just slack shot like, well, he knows everyone's yeah. name. Well,
0: because it was, for me, it was because he starts it, and then there, it's kind of like, oh, this is a joke, right? Like, yeah. And then it's like, okay, he's serious, but they're not going to let him do it. And then when you realize that everybody's on board with it because it means so much, like, you're just waiting because you're like, he's going to remember me, isn't he? Like I, I, just thought that was such a cool moment, and they just let it go. They yeah. just let the whole thing happen. I was like, that was that was really cool. And then Zach's just over there, like,
1: Sigh. okay, you win.
0: I give up. <laughs> Bye. You can't defeat someone who memorized eleven hundred names no. in eight weeks. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> Especially since I think he did the bulk of his learning through yearbooks, and who really looks like their yearbook picture?
0: Right. <laughs> like no one, especially like at that age, because it would b- have been right. from one year to the next. Yes,
1: it's like last year's year because you don't get the current year's yeah. yearbook at the beginning of the year.
0: Because that's when you're like growing a foot, and yeah. all of a sudden you are just like sprouting acne and facial hair, and or like you
1: experiment with like cutting your hair, yeah, and, like, or like all your that.
0: proportions are starting to change and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like that's really impressive.
1: I know was it kind of reminded me of like tom sawyer with him just like being able to be at like his own funeral see
0: what people would say being president like a like a living wake sort of thing yeah and it's kind of nice (laughs) that cap like he appreciates it but he doesn't understand the gravity of it just because he's so cap (laughs) yeah like he's not like you like me you really like me he's just like
1: wow far out (laughs) radical all right all 1100 of you starting with sarah (laughs)
0: <laughs> and he, he couldn't even go like he, he wasn't like let me line you up alphabetically because I memorized this a, yeah, in an order I, it it's... only
1: has to be in alphabetical order <laughs> now I'm all screwed up because Ben's not here
0: <laughs> I realized in chapter 27 that I'm not sure Cap knows what the real name of the school is because Zach changed the sign he before just, he got it's there the
1: average school I think
0: he genuinely thinks it's the average Probably. school because he refers to it that way every time yeah he does that's so cute I know Is
1: this the average school it's actually Claverage. The sign said C average. They took the L away. Why would they do that?
0: <laughs> you should really put the right name of your school on your side. You should side.
1: probably put the correct one. Otherwise, there's going to be some confusion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then he just walks away. Oh,
1: humming Kumbaya. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the most hippy dippy song. Blowing in the wind. <laughs> Back at Garland. Rain is quiet a lot and she leaves often and when she is there she listens to a lot of Dylan's the times they are a changing it's what we call foreshadowing
0: <laughs> for like two pages ahead
1: <laughs> yeah one day Cap is driving along on the property because they said only you can only drive like on the property like don't try anywhere else and then woo fire 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 the cop shows up and pulls him over and is like like nah Or, fuck, I got all mixed up. I I started ad libbing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just make up a new book.
1: Screwed up my notes.
0: (laughs) I was so confused by the chimera, but you know.
1: (laughs) Isn't it chimera? Yeah. Okay.
0: I was going to say a different mythological animal, and then I started ad (laughs) libbing. They ad
1: libbed a wrong pronunciation, too. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, fellow kids. Stop (laughs) it. Let me finish it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right okay cap is driving along on the property and he's pulled over by the police he explains that it's garland and the cop's like no belongs to skyline realty and development and they arrest him at the police station a slick blonde lady in a mercedes waltz is in and it's rain we'll say what she sold garland for 17 million dollars because the land was always hers she heard she um her parents i don't know gave her money because of course they did These frickin' entitled little hippie kids. (laughs) Not all of them, just, you know, most of them. And uh, her parents gave her money. She bought the land at that time, and that time, stuff was a lot cheaper. So, a few thousand was able to buy this place, and land appreciated in value over time, so she's able to sell it for 17 million. She isn't completely selling out because she's made sure that it's gonna be affordable housing and, like, a public park and stuff. So, cool beans. Um, Cap is dismayed and of course confused but he cheers up when he's told that the condo he and Rain will be living in isn't ready yet but he can stay with the Donnelly's and attend C average again. Dan,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I felt like... So
1: tacked on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted
0: to see a turn in Rain but I wanted it to be a bit more progressive than and that. And
1: I kind of wanted it adre- like hey with all this money we can pay back the $4,000 that was taken from that student fund right. that you didn't do appropriately. Yeah. They, they she never mentioned that. And I feel like that's something that should be done. So I felt that was, was what left it pretty unfinished for me. Yeah. I didn't like this ending.
0: Well, it's coming off of like the really strong scene of him saying goodbye. Like that was solid and in line with the characters. And then this was just kind of.
1: I know. This, I should have just never seen him ever again. Because that's kind of what happens with Stargirl.
0: Yeah, like, a, it, <laughs> like it would be from somebody yeah. else's point of view and be like, we never did see Cap again, but we still have a Tai Chi group or something like that. Just yeah. a little... I think that might have... Yeah.
1: And president is always elected now for whoever wants the role. It's no longer a punishment.
0: Even though like... you could have just withdrawn your name at any time, Hugh. God, really.
1: <laughs> All the kids could have
0: done that. Yeah. They didn't have to go along with it.
1: Unless they're like, put your name back in or I'll kill your mom.
0: <laughs> Man, 1980s were just like, I'm gonna give you a wedgie. <laughs> 2018's just matricide. jeez.
1: Yeah. You said matricide, and I thought of like a mattress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> were you thinking like murdering a mattress or like a mattress like busting through the door like, I'm gonna kill your family.
1: There's a movie called Killer Bed, the Bed That Kills... What is it? <laughs> Death Bed, the Bed That Eats People. That's it, so. You joke. But it's happened.
0: Have you seen rubber?
1: No, but your glue.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's about a killer tire that rolls into a a motel in the middle of nowhere and starts shooting people with lasers. And they just explode.
1: would couldn't they just run people over because it's a tire? But he has got lasers. But he doesn't
0: like, you can't see the lasers, just all of a sudden he's like lasers. I got laser
1: eyes, not know what you're thinking. Comes as no surprise, the Christmas lights are blinking. That's from um, Syphil and Holly, which you won't know. So that that was that. Yeah, it so was.
0: Old. It was fine. It wasn't as Gordon Cormany as I was hoping it would be. Okay, so what's fine. Gordon
1: Cormany then? Because like, this was all I've ever read of this author. Right. So I'm like coming from it with like, oh, this is a wonderful time I had when I was a child.
0: Most of his stuff that I had read was more adventure titles. Like he did, he did a bunch of these trilogies. Like one was like,
1: oh, like Island and Yeah. The Titanic. Yeah. And on the run.
0: And um. That kind of thing. Yes. Titanic was a little after I stopped reading him, but, um, but that's kind of what I was used to. So, like, it was cool to see him try something different, but it didn't, it didn't really feel like I was reading him for whatever you that
1: reason. Jerry Spinelli. Don't try and be Jerry Spinelli. That's who wrote Stargirl.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would have, he would have been, he would have come in as a, as a ringer.
1: I'd, I'd say, I'd say read Stargirl. <laughs> <laughs> rather than
0: this. I mean, it's not bad and it really does not take very long to read. No. It's just not, it's not a cemented recommendation like some of our others. It's like, if that sounded appealing, go for it. I'd You'll be done in an afternoon. i read schooled
1: rather than the Sisters Grimm.
0: Yeah. I, I would put school probably like right in the middle.
1: It's solid middle of the. Road. It's hanging
0: out with the Penderwicks for me, oh, a little below the I, Penderwicks, but yeah. like in the same like wide bracket.
1: Not, not in the, not anywhere near the area where Wings of Fire is hanging out with sisters Grimm.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> it's like those two. And then I like Wings
1: of Fire a little bit better than you did.
0: <laughs> and then it's schooled in Penderwicks, and then.
1: Dollbones is by itself. Like no one's as good as me. <laughs> I mean that oh, one's wait, wait, coming pretty Jane close. Fish, yeah,
0: they're they're pretty close. they're they're neighbors.
1: They are. Yeah.
0: Um, and I would say Mrs. Frisbee and Fablehaven are the closest match. Yeah, mm-hmm. So,
1: and there's the one we don't speak of, right? Which is not invited to the party.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, so should we do the end credits and then go into spoilers for? Oh, there's nothing. <laughs> That's all. Like, sorry. I was like, what? <laughs>
1: Was there a sequel where Cap does get in the school bus and run everyone over? <laughs> and then one of the tires pops off and shoots everyone with lasers. <laughs> okay, bye. I have to
0: write something. <laughs> All right. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, for next month, we will be reading Tunnels by Roger Gordon and Brian Williams. So that's going to take us a bit more into fantastical adventure territory than the last couple of books.
1: Oh, is that the Brian Williams I thought it was? What would you think it was? Well, like, Brian will... Mine is water-damaged! What? Oh! Rude! Well, like that, like, anchor man.
0: I don't know who you're talking about. He,
1: he's, like a, he's like a man who talks news. I,
0: I, I understand those conceptually. <laughs> well, I didn't want to confuse if they have you. go, like, that's wrong work you, know, he's, he, you idiot. he's the guy at the end of a rope that you throw off the boat to hold it in place?
1: Yeah. Anchor man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so we'll be reading Tunnels next month if you want to join in on the reading. We'll see you the first of next month.
1: Wait, did they want a synopsis when we tell them what the next one is, or...? Um, I
0: mean, no, they can... I think they have Google. They've had Google this whole time, but we yeah, still but have a di- that... Yeah, there's... but there's a difference between having a month to Google something between episodes and pausing the episode to Google.
1: Do you realize, like, Google's, like, instant, regardless of the time frame? It's pretty magic. <laughs>
0: I'm not really sure why we're arguing. Anyway, Hello, fellow kids, is hosted by Mara and Josh and produced by Josh. That's really loosely
1: hosted by these two idiots. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids,
0: is really just a recording of us babbling like morons for two hours.
1: That you just described a podcast.
0: <laughs> so, what'd you do this week, dude? I got so wasted and uh, like, I drank so much water. I am hydrated as F. I am so woke.
1: <laughs> I took a poop and it was like instant. It. <laughs> All right, sorry. It's produced by Josh. Uh,
0: music provided by Ben Ash. Visit him online at benash.com. Feel free to contact us on Twitter, HFK Podcast, or email us at hfkpodcast at hfkpodcastgmail.com. While I have you, uh, let's see if anybody has uh, sent us an email.
1: I'd love it if they didn't.
0: (laughs) I'm sure they haven't. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right, let's see here. All right, so we we have Google (laughs) tracks location data even if users turn service (laughs) off. Thank you.
1: That's a good question. Uh, I think it all starts (laughs) back when I was four.
0: (laughs) It all started with my mother. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. We're dumb. (laughs) Bye.